Welcome to the Few Podcast. Never in the field of human contact was so much owed by so many to so few. So you want to become one of the few. You can't skip steps. You have to put one foot in front of the other. Things take time. I have a dream. dream. Hear inspiring stories from the few and learn about what it takes to turn your dreams into a reality. It's a day for all Australians, isn't it? It's a day that brings us all together. Marvellous. Your hosts, Boo and Sean. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Few with Boo. Uh, that's me and Sean, my mate, Sean. G'day, Sean. How are you today, mate? Great, Boo. Great, Boo. Great to uh, have another episode underway. Oh, I'll tell you what. Uh, very excited about this. So I was doing some research before uh, today's guest, and I discovered this little fun fact. Uh, someone out there who had a big brain, maybe had a psychology degree, did a little bit of research and they were uh, asking this question out to the broader community, and that was, have you achieved your life's ambition, your, your life's goal? And cleverly, what they used to measure this metric uh, was New Year's resolutions. And they said, how many people achieve their New Year's resolution? And they came up with a single-digit outcome, only 8%. 8% of people achieve their life ambition. And I was surprised by that. I mean, that's not a big number, is it, mate? Absolutely not. It's like, what are we all doing? What is everyone doing? What are, what are the ninety-two percent doing? I mean, it's they must be wandering. Well, not wandering the streets of Sydney anymore, but putting their grey coats on, their black umbrellas, black shoes, and just shuffling around, staring at their uh, staring at the screens on their smartphone. So I thought maybe that would be. Uh, I think we've got the perfect person uh, on the show today to talk about how to be uh, that eight. So with uh, no further ado, uh, I want to uh, introduce our guest for today. He is an absolute legend. I had a chance to uh, participate in his podcast the other week. Uh, it's Trav Bell, the bucket list guy. G'day, Trav. Welcome to the show. Boys, Boo, hey. Sean, stoked to be on, guys. Welcome, Trav. Great to have you on the show. And, and no doubt, mate, surfs up and you're making a huge sacrifice uh, to be uh, taking a break from fulfilling your own bucket list uh, really. to fill no. Sean and my so bucket list. It's not that big. It's all, it's all good. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's great. All good. Well, thanks, I've got mate. all the time in the world. You could have, you could have uh, taken that opportunity to go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wrap it up in but, 10 uh, But <laughs> being, being, being very honest. Uh, so, Trav, what is it about people that they fail to be that 8%? You know what? It's an interesting segue, that, because, you know – there's that that's the problem with goal setting you know goal setting it should be about goal achieving right <laughs> there's something actually built into built into fail already by just goal setting or setting a resolution um rather than just doing it's a completely different beast so look but most of you know most of the world unfortunately is disengaged are disengaged sorry um and they're not you know what that means is they're not engaged in their life and i say you know obviously i i talk about bucket list but i say a bucket list is a tangible life plan where our career plan or our business plan should fit into our life plan and not be the other way around you know really bringing home that work to live principle um but if you look at the work piece something like 89 percent of people over in like in america about 70 percent here in australia um, same in Canada, same in the UK, uh, you know, 70, 89% of what they call disengaged at work. 
you know, and that's got to have an upward ripple effect into disengagement in life. But I reckon if you're engaged in life, it will have a direct waterfall effect into what you do at work. You know, there's a lot of people, you ask most people what their goals are in life. And I did this when I started as the bucket list guy, I was going to say when I came out as the bucket list guy, I came out. <laughs> did, of, you, did you? you the, did, did you tell your mum and dad? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I even registered a website. Yeah, they were proud of me. They said, you know, like, yeah, live your truth, there, son. Um, the, uh, the, but at the end of the day, you ask most people, and most people will respond. They say, "What's your goals? You know, why do you get up in the morning? What is your reason for work? What is your reason for money? What is your reason for wanting to have more?" time you know and that's that's what business is i don't have to tell you guys this but that's what our businesses our jobs are our jobs and business are are designed to produce two major things and that is cash flow and also time flow if you ask most people what their goals are that's if they're optimized by the way and another another fun fact is if you actually love what you do I think that's the holy grail and it's hitting your values, which is like your internal rule book. If you love what you do, it's hitting your values and it's producing the time and money cash flow, you know, flow, then I think that's the holy grail, right? But a lot of people can't say that. Mm. And so you ask most people what their goals are in life. It's especially here in Australia, it's pay off the house, put the kids through school, do a bit of travel when I'm older. Yeah. Jump on that. Jump on the, uh, jump on the fair start, go for a cruise. Yeah, yeah, get coronavirus and uh, you know, <laughs> good good luck. I have to say it's it's that, and I'm no, I'm not actually surprised that it's only eight percent, right? Because uh, working directly with small businesses in 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 my inner circle group, um, every single person that comes into this into into my group, not one of them actually is clear on their why. So what why they're actually doing what they're doing? Um, they don't have a mission, so they don't have a goal that they're trying to achieve at all. Uh, so they're just in there doing the the running on the on the hamster wheel and they get off they go to sleep they get up and they do it again the next day and it's interesting how hard it is for most people to actually go to the point of going well who am i to dream bigger than that that's normal isn't it like i go to work i come home and i take the kids to soccer and i don't do anything much else other than that and then go back to work again and it seems to be you know it's very much a prominent part of of I guess the slightly donors and and employees at large. The worst thing about that too is they design the freaking hamster wheel. Yep, that's true. It's not there, is it? It's not someone doesn't park it in your house. <laughs> no, unless you bought the business. But at the end of the day, they've. I said the latter. You know, I've got a, a story of my you know breakdown before breakthrough moment, and um, and uh, and that's actually when I got this t- tattoo, which is if it is to be, it is up to me, and. Uh, Around that time, I realised, you know, I was, I was up the. the I might, I might it, do that. Actually, called? that's a good point, Trevor. I like how you did that. I, I just bought a notebook today, but I tend to lose these, so maybe, maybe I need to start whacking it on my skin, and I'll remember some, some stuff better. I, I like what you've done there. That's oh, definitely. I, I'd hate to see what you write in that notebook, mate. But I, <laughs> I, I, how much, how much skin have you got available? Um, <laughs> the, um, <laughs> and the pretty pictures that you might, might draw in there too. You know, good luck with that. It's certainly there. not a work of I, art, I'm mate. A, I'd, I'd certainly uh, get some stairs, cup, I reckon, if couple, I put what couple, I put in this couple, on my couple body. A tra- couple of tram stamps. <laughs> the, um, the, uh, but, yeah, like, it, it, at the end of the day, um, I was going to say that, uh, yeah, people people are, you know, people are up the ladder of success 
And they say, you know, the ladder of success up the wrong wall, but they built the ladder. You know, and so one of the quotes that I'm, I did a TED talk a few years ago, and one of the, probably the most quoted quote out of that is, people are dying at 40 and being buried at 80. And you've probably heard that sort of thing before, but a lot of people just give up on life. That's what we have this midlife crisis. And, and um, but that, you know, people are sleepwalking through their life. They're living by default, not by design. They're just existing, they're not living. And one of my biggest things is, is people are just so busy, especially these days, busy on their to-do list. They're not busy on their bucket list. Yep. So when people get an opportunity, to, and they're so busy on the, so busy on that treadmill, trying to catch up on their to-do list, that it's not until they get, you know, them or a loved one gets a, a cancer diagnosis that that's suddenly the thing that wakes them up out of this, you know, trance. And that's my whole mission is to wake people up before they get given a use-by date. What, what, what was it you said? You you had a, you know, I suppose a breakdown to breakthrough moment. Um, what what ha- what was what what happened for you that created a shift? What was it that? Gave the opportunity. If you, we're going to go there, mate. We go deep. Sean, Sean always goes deep. Boom, straight into the emotional. <laughs> I don't care. I, <laughs> I've talked about it all the time. No, but at the end of the day, um, now I, I, my first business, and this is probably where I, I met you, Sean, years ago, is um, my first business. I was a, I was a, a first to franchise personal fitness training studios in Australia. So I did that. Did that. I was. Uh, out of out of university, phys ed at uni, um, started personal training back in the early 90s, one of the first personal trainers kind of running around Australia, in Melbourne anyway. And uh, there was really only a handful of us in Melbourne and it was this whole new industry of personal training and uh, outside you know, breaking away from the gym industry. So I started with one client, built it up to tens of thousands across Australia. We had a chain of personal training studios, about 300 personal trainers under that brand. Um studios everywhere blah 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 was you know it wasn't exactly like this you know in terms of the success uh trajectory it was more like oh god yeah (laughs) yeah smashing it and then you know how it goes yeah and then and then back here and then up there and down and up so um but there was you know some cancerous quite cancerous people um you know some other stuff going on in my life you know, one thing led to another, a bit of a downward spiral. And I found myself, uh, I went into a, a state of mild depression. When I say, you know, depression compared to what I've heard since, mine was relatively mild. But instead of going on heavy antidepressants, um, and this is one of my drivers for why I do today, what I do today, instead of going on heavy anti, like antidepressants and put, basically putting a, you know, a Band-Aid over the top of it, I wanted to get to the root cause my mindset of what I was going through. So in those times, you know, you've got to force yourself to kind of get into that learning space of that growth kind of mindset. So I, I went to, you know, personal development seminars. I, I, that's where I think I met Sean. You know, I, if you put on a course back then, I would have done it, run to the back of the room, upgraded, run to the back of that room, upgraded, and then again and again. So, you know, I, I think I, so I was going to say spent, invested, so much money and worked through a lot of my stuff. So I walked on fire, hugged it out and high five with strangers on weekends, you know, bent the arrow, broke the bar and punched the board, you know, all that sort of stuff. But learnt about NLP, life coaching, um, 
you know, a positive psychology, uh, Akagi principle, you know, all of these, all of these things, law of attraction, all of that stuff, learned from the, the gurus and really worked through a lot of my own stuff. Um, Can I just ask a question about that, Trev? Because um, obviously there's a lot of schools of thought uh, around that sort of personal development, right? And by and large, I come from a, most of what I've done is either in the military or a corporate background or working in, in multi-million dollar enterprise, right? Uh, and most people look at those worlds and, and recoil from it. Oh, uh, and it's too, it's too much. But yeah. with your experience, and obviously you're talking to it in a positive way, how much value did you derive personally from investing into that journey? Well, mate- you know, like my my real my learning started after university. You know, it really did. When you when you become your own, when you become, I've always been an entrepreneur, so I've never worked for anyone in my life. Um, and I was a kid swimming teacher for beer money during uni, but that was about it. But I've never had a corporate job or anything like that. Straight out of uni, first clients, and it just went from there. So I guess going to and because entrepreneurship can be quite lonely as well. That's where my tribe were, you know, like whether it be business events, whether it be, you know, um, personal development, and you're always learning. And I, I've got a, a growth mindset where I, I, I'm certainly not going to sit around and go, oh, I know it all. And I haven't got a, you know, I guess a, an ecosystem such as a military mate to to teach me, to pull me into line. And, you know, I was kind of making up my own rules, which is a lot of what entrepreneurs do. And that's why they, you know, join inner circles and that's why they get around same, you know, same, same. Um, so at the end of the day, I I always invested, you know, in coaches, mentors, etc., just to increase, you know, to to get motivated, to get inspired, to get new ideas, and um, I've never stopped, mate. You know, I'm I'm currently I'm currently reading one of the things on my bucket list right now, like this year, is I'm reading 52 books in a year, and literally behind me are the ones that I've done no, so epic. far. And and uh, this is not just a Zoom background here, by the way. There's actual real books. Three-dimensional, yes. Real books, yes, pretty real. I haven't read any of them, to be honest. Um, it's just good, good for the effect. Um, but I'm reading 52 books in a year. And so I wake up every morning and I read out loud and my partner and I have a, cuff, have a coffee at 4.30 in the morning and, and – Literally just I been... say have a, c- c- a cuddle, uh, but coffee is good. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> depends how, how good the book is. The, um, <laughs> but then we, you know, like like just just having that habit, having that that always learning kind of mindset is really what what I've always had. But in that in that time, after about a year, two years of really intense kind of personal development stuff, and I just put it under that umbrella of personal development. You know, I'm 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 a qualified NLP, I'm a qualified life coach. But Christian, you know, here's the thing: I don't even call myself a life coach because, like, you know, wanker. Um, and at the end of the day, you know. Uh, that's what I do, though, <laughs> with a lot of people. But I still, because of the scepticism around it, um, I, I certainly don't put on a business card. But it wasn't until a friend of mine actually said at the end of all this, hey, mate, you know, Trav, why don't you teach this shit? And that actually helped me compartmentalise what I, why I was there in the first place. So I'm an educator. I love, you know, I've got no fear around public speaking. And I went, shit, that's what I meant to, that's what I meant to Okay, I've worked through some of my stuff. Why not? So I put on a talk, 
and uh, and I was so so freaking nervous at the Western Bulldogs room over in the western uh, western side of Melbourne there, and I nearly had to pay the forty people to come to that tour. Um, <laughs> like my band days. And yeah, yeah, oh god, I was shit. And I packaged all the stuff that I learnt in these, you know, in some of the uh, stuff I've been going through, and some of my entrepreneur stuff as well. So um, about halfway through, I started sharing with the group um, the fact that I'd had a list to do before I die, actually written down since I was 18. And this is only 10 years ago, right? And then um, I started sharing some of the, you know, the reasons I get out of bed in the morning, why I make decisions quick, why I you know, build businesses quick, and et cetera, et cetera. I said, who else has got one of these lists to do before you die, like actually written down? I was like, nah, I was the only freak in the room. So I, I, well, what the well, hell? I bought my you notebook, mate. That's why you got the notebook. Yeah, hopefully there's something written in it. <laughs> um, the, uh, <laughs> the, like anyone can wave around a book, mate. It's, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I, don't, uh, <laughs> I don't want to open it because it's it is remarkably blank at this point in time. So there you go. It's your new one. There you you fill the last one up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but the point, is, you know, the point is that right at the end that really inspired the group, and I told them some stories of of um, travels and different different things that I've done in my life, and I thought everyone had one of these lists to do before a die actually written down, not just in their head, swimming around with their daily to do list. Because guess which one gets done first, right? And uh, so right at the end of that, a friend of mine, um, a participant said, oh, how's all this list to do before you die stuff? It's like a bucket list. You're like the bucket list guy. I went, ping, light bulb moment. Went home that night and registered thebucketlistguy.com. I've been doing that for the last 10 years. Did you, did you get the superhero um, outfit made then at the same time or – Yes, I did. did. Excellent. Yes, yes, I did. Just double checking. A lot of, lot of buckets, lot of buckets having, uh, hanging off limbs. Yeah, definitely got a, there'd be a good cape there, no doubt. Yeah, what, what, Travis, one of the things that um, uh, when I saw you, let's call it, come out as a bucket list guy, I, I, you know, when you started promoting yourself on, on social media and things like that, one thing that I noticed having been around you know, that space, at least at that time for probably six or seven years, it's over, over 10 years now, but um, the one thing that I know that it gave me a, I suppose, a, a bit of a, a, a transparency into was the fact that most of the, the courses, most of the, the, the speakers, most of the content is driven about how to get further, right? How to mm. grow your business, how to, you know, oh. make money, how to do, and, and it's what was distinctly different about the bucket list guy concept was that this is actually about getting people to dream, not just to do. And that was a very different take on, what it was all about, you know, and I, I, I remember seeing it when you first came out, I'm like, that's such a good idea. That's such, it's what people actually need because seeing it in small business owners all the time where they just, yeah, lock themselves in their own cage and they've got the key in their pocket and they just still stay in the cage. But something. they, but people also believe that that's what it is. It's like, it's meant to be a grind. It's, yeah, I think people say, make, make these, oh, uh, the, hu- the hustle. Yeah, yeah, they make these flippant comments, right? Like oh, running your own business, you've got no idea how hard it is. You've got to be prepared. You know, you're in a relationship. Relationships are hard. You know, it's not all. It's and they forget. Yeah, but there's also joy. There's there's also the upside of the hard work. Delete. Don't hang out with them anymore. Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> cutting down a, a forest of trees with a butter knife, right? That's mm. gonna suck. If if you get chainsaws or bulldozers, Jesus, <laughs> right? It's oh, gonna be much easier. It's so deep, mate. This, oh, this, that this that better be on your this Instagram is... this afternoon, Shawnee. <laughs> 
Oh, big quote. But the, but the thing people are doing that. They, they've done it the tools. They, they say it's hard. They believe their friends at a barbecue that it's hard because they're trying to do it on their own. And they're not actually believing that there's more possible. Now, I, I did a bit of a, a um, bucket list item myself three years ago when I made the decision, having never camped or forward drived ever, to sell up 70% of the stuff we owned, got in a caravan and went around Australia for a year. That was incredibly challenging. But what it taught me was I managed to grow my business, my, my personal branding business, 400% working 10 to 12 hours a week in the middle of nowhere with the crappiest data and phone reception you've ever seen. Right. So for me, it was that thing again, it's you can do it. And it's not hard if you do it the right way. But if you've got to know how to do it, I've had 20 years of experience in business prior to that that gave me the knowledge. If you don't have it, find someone who can give it to you quicker because you'll be able to get to those bucket list items sooner. Oh, 100%. And, and I mean, it, you know, like essentially this is, you know, psychology. This is, you know, really what I teach is positive psychology. And that is versus regressive psychology of trying to get people normal you know, they, they use therapy or drugs to get them normal. Okay, I'm a serial killer. All right, to get you normal, we need to do this therapy or give you this drug so you're not a serial killer and you can function in society. That's regressive kind of psychology. We go back, but positive psychology, which is what a lot of corporates are obviously, and, and Christian, you would be all over this, mate. You know, this is the psychology of performance, you know, because we don't want to be normal. Who the hell wants to be normal? So it's about identifying, going to the strengths, you know, identifying what gives us meaning, purpose and fulfillment and, and experience more gratitude and mindfulness and doing more of that, you know, building that into your life, into your work a lot more so you perform and you'll be happier. The happiness guy was a little bit lame for me, but essentially... <laughs> yeah, yeah, who wants to be happy? Um, no, no, no. No, but can unpack I, that know, for a second, Trav, because I think it's yeah, really so important. I, I, that's what I teach. That's, it's basically trying, you know, helping people be happier because you know, look at the stats. The stats are scary. Uh, you know, depression. Again, you know, um, anxiety, uh, suicides, use suicides, the overprescription of antidepressants, and now we've got this thing called the loneliness epidemic, which is real, Google it. Um, it's the disconnect, you know, it's the adverse effect of social media and it's really uh, really having a big impact. So these stats are my drivers for why I do what I do, why I've scaled around the world with the message is to uh, combat that, maybe change the narrative at least through this bucket, this lens of bucket list. Yeah, I've had that loneliness issue for many years, but it's more personality based than than digital. Uh, just could just unpack that positive psychology piece, uh, Trav, because uh, again, for, for my journey as well, what I, what I've noticed is there's and one of the things that kind of put me off uh, the Tony Robbins kind of world was I had a few friends that that went and did it, and they'd be super positive and get this positive mindset, but about three weeks later to be gone because they didn't do anything. And, and what's the difference between thinking positively, positive psychology, and doing positively? Because I, I reckon that's the big missing link is people, you know, the bucket list is doing something, right? So how important is it to not just think and, and, and do? It's a really good question. I, I think yeah, everyone comes out of that as an evangelist. And, uh, you know, I, I spoke on stage with Darren Hardy, who used to run success.com. Uh, over in uh, San Diego, and he actually put up a stat. Now, he's he was, you know, with Jim Rowan and, and Tony Robbins back in the day, you know, and he said 85% of people who go to seminars don't do anything. I don't know where he got the stat from, but, you know, if there's anyone qualified to, to, to know that, he would. Um, 
So, yeah, everyone that leaves these things eight-foot and bulletproof, but they don't do anything. I reckon the best motivation seminar, maybe, Christian, we want, might want to, you know, joint venture on this. Just take a gun, like, literally into the seminar and just threaten everyone or threaten to, you know, take out their kids or their, their, their cat or their dog and say, if you don't take action, you're going to get it. It's called mafia motivation. If people will take action. As a joint venture, you want me with the gun, right? So... Yes. Yeah. All right. So I go to jail. I'm, you'll I'm you'll be able to ride that way. Yeah. I'm just wearing the hat. So I. Uh, so, yeah. Great idea, Trev. I'll be but, I'll be on board with that one. But it, you know, it is pain. It's real pain that that gets people, you know, and it's the bottom level of pain, and that's why this whole you know the whole bucket list is flawed as well because it's you know the, it's around this movie about two blokes who get given a cancer diagnosis and then they write a bucket list. Hey, dickhead! Little late. Shit movie. Because um, you should have started it before, but it takes a a such as a diagnosis or or us get we get given a use by date to get off our ass and go and do stuff. I mean, shit. That that's the whole that's the whole reason why I exist is to help people wake up. So when I do, you know, before they get given this use by date, so what I try and do is give everyone when I go and speak, given a give them a virtual cancer diagnosis. You know, give them a real reality check of how little time they've got left. I'm doing my bit. It's woken up a number of people, you know, over the, over the years in all parts of the world. Um, but we need that level of pain and to really kinesthetically really get a visceral feeling for how little time we've got left because we do take that for granted. And it's not until we get that wake-up call from us or a loved one that we that we do get off our ass. So so it is pain. There's only a few people that are that are toward motivated rather than away from motivated. Most of us want to get away from pain, and very few people have a big vision for themselves and go towards that. It's normally pain that gets people started. Absolutely. But the personal training trick is the personal training trick is toward and away from is all right. I understand that you want to lose weight for this and this and this reason. You can't fit into your clothes coming into summer. That's all well and good. Shape up for summer syndrome is what we call it in uh, the gym industry. I understand that you can't fit into your clothes anymore. That's the pain. Cool. Or you just saw yourself in a photo, blah, blah, blah. Or a doctor in a white coat has just opened up your chest and said, oh, I think you should do something, champ. Um, that's the level of pain that gets people to come into a gym. But it, the, but it, won't, it won't sustain them unless you unless you it'll get them started but it won't sustain them unless you pin something in the future for them all right let's concentrate on your first 5k run let's get that feeling let's get that feeling of uh a toward motivation going a lot more than away from because away from it they don't break their same cycle of that pain and that um and that don't break away from that ecosystem that that supports it um then yeah they'll 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 recoil and you're Back right. I mean, to their default. pain and fear are both great motivators. And, and I've seen the same thing, you know, despite how big the carrot is quite often, it's still not big enough a motivator. However, one of the things that I've, I was taught by a good friend of mine, probably about, oh, probably about 20 years ago now, he said to me, which, which is what I see is very similar to your concept of having the bucket list is he said, always have something to look forward to he got said, it. because it improves how you show up today. And I'm like, that's you really know what? Fun. It's crazy, Sean, because, you know, like one of the most common things that not just myself and 
we've got we've got now certified bucket list coaches in 22 countries around the world and uh one of the most common things that we'll hear is that people saying thank you for giving me permission to dream again mm. fuck what's happened mm. it just gets beaten out of us doesn't it but that this is what's normal happened and this is normal Here's your box. Stay we in just it. haven't got any space for it, you know. Like the, and and look, my if people are watching, listening to this, you know, one of the things that I want you to do is literally just write a bucket list down. Like that's it. If you actually and and Christian might want to start with that blank notepad, um, but at the end of the day, it's about putting pen to paper and making a conscious effort to separate your daily to do list from your bucket list and actually writing it down. Because, you know, by writing it down, there's actually statistics that back this up. If you actually use – remember these remember these things? Oh, I love those, mate. I have, they give you those in the Air Force from day yeah. one. And I've had yeah. one. I've had what's one it, of those for 26 again? years. What's it, what's it called? It's called a multicolor pen. It's a pen. And what's this stuff here? That's that? That's, that might be paper. That's paper. So that, there you go. So if you actually, I'm being facetious, of course, but if you actually write shit down, which a lot of people don't even do, you know, we do because we're, 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 we're around goals and we're around all this sort of stuff. Intention, we do, yeah. but that's not common. It's just not common. But also get that multicolored pen because I'm not, no joke, the multicolored pen, you can start to prioritize. You've got your red, you got your reds, your bucket list, your blacks, your, your day to day. People underestimate the power of color there. Oh, uh, they do. They do. Hey, yeah, guys. I just want to do an affiliate code on this, mate. Or what are we? What are we doing? I just want to go back to something that you both that you both mentioned uh, because it's it's an area that I'm I'm getting really fascinated about, and it's the difference between the big win and the small win. And you mentioned before, Trav, you 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 get your heart attack, you go, you you run your five k. What are your thoughts on on people and motivation when they come up with that uh, annual goal, the big one? I'm going to run a marathon this year. Uh, and then they go out and they run their first run in, in, in five years and they get 500 metres down the road and they give up. Like what, What's the difference between uh, – uh, I think people make big mistakes with goal setting. I, I think goal setting is important, but wanting to be a millionaire by Friday is an unrealistic goal. So, Trev, how do you manage expectation with people? Yeah, that's a really good question. And and uh, you know what? One of the I, – I, I won't uh, butcher it, but I reckon one of the best books around that is this. Atomic Habits by James Clear, uh, amazing. And it's about the littlest, the tiniest, the tiniest little thing that you can do that is crazy small that you can do. So people don't, people don't even write goals down because they don't want to disappoint themselves yeah. because they've written it down in the past, they're disappointed. But the fact is they've written down these things that are just, oh, I'll run a marathon. Yeah, all right, good. But where's like the... If you're going to climb Mount Everest, you're not, you're not, you know, you got to just focus on this first step so you don't slip over. You know, you just got to focus on that achievement, you know, like that. What is the tiniest of tiniest, tiny thing? It's ridiculous to even think about it, but what is the tiniest thing that will give you that sense of, you know, that positive reinforcement? You know, if it's just 500 metres today, if it's just 500 metres today, cool, do 600 tomorrow, do 700 was, the next. I think it was Atomic Habits where he said something like if you – fail to achieve the habit it's because the system to create the habit is where the weakness is not it's not the actual it's not your willpower it's not you know it's actually your system is weak 
in helping you to form new habits. And that was the biggest uh, distinction I took away from, from that book. Um, and it was, it was really profound for me. And, and I, I've definitely implemented lots more little systems. Those one percenters, they all add up and they, they, they just start becoming default, like brushing your teeth. You know, like and you it sounds like a, you know, it sounds like a footy game, you know, like oh, it's all about the one percenters, but it is, it is true. That makes up the hundred percent. So, um, and, and the other, the other book that I'm reading right now is actually, um, the one thing by Gary Keller. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's equally as, as amazing is just concentrate on one thing. And we live in a, we live in such a world of distractions and notifications and subscriptions and that sort of thing. It's very easy to get thrown off track about that, you know, for that one thing. So one of the, one of the, uh, after, after, you know, setting goals and stuff with clients and, and bucket list items, I'm like, all right, well, unsubscribe and turn off all notifications from everything that does not support that goal. And do it. And do actually it. do it. Like, uh, and, and better yet, and I used to do this in my seminars, and let's go through your phone as well. And let's delete everyone that, that is, that you don't talk to anymore. You know, and let's cull some people. And so just in doing those three things, people feel so much lighter and so much more focused. No, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a great point. It, and then, that, do, that and then, focus do, 90, is so and then just do 90, 90 day sprints. Yep. Oh, I love the 90 day sprint. Mate, yeah, we definitely need to collab there, uh, Trav. Now, while we're talking, because we're talking bucket list and death and various other things, I've, I've got onto uh, um, the World Bank here that, that maps out average life expectancy in Australia. Uh, and in the 70s, it was around 70 years of age. And, and now it's 83. So, Trav, our generation, we've got 13 extra years up our sleeve. Do you reckon we're optimizing that 13 years? I mean, you think 13 years, couple of hundred thousand bucks a year, you know, I'm not really good at math, but there's at least two and a half mil nearly to play with there in terms of holidays and bucket lists and no, well, I think, I think, I, yeah, well, well but, but the fact is that, well, sure, we might have extra time, but why are the, why are the statistics still climbing? You know, I, I want, I, I believe in delayed gratification, but I also believe in instant gratification as well, not in a hedonistic way, but, but people being happier now. But, but you can, you can squeeze in. We're living in this situation, right? Like we're sold this, this concept of, I'll sacrifice now to enjoy later, which is called retirement, right? I'll sacrifice. I'm talking about my dad here. You know, I'll sacrifice now, I'll work hard now, and I'll enjoy later. Well, why, why not, you know, why not get some flexibility in what you're doing right now in your business or your job or whatever it is in your career and be happier now? But that's what I'm saying. Like, bring those 13 years forward, right? Spread, cut, have them now. Don't, don't, don't tap them on. Don't, don't retire at uh, 60, 73. Right, like bring that, bring the ten. Use those years while you while you're feeling yeah. good. Uh, not. I think not. one of the saddest things. I think honestly, one of the saddest things, and you guys would know this, is people have worked their guts out. They've retired, or they've sold their business. They've got a um, good exit out of it, and uh, and then they've had you know one to five good years, and then they're gone. Like they've and they've slogged it, and and that 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 brings to your eyes just thinking that people have sacrificed. And in the last probably five, ten years of that slog, you know, they probably hated and they lost passion for it and hence the exit and they were tired and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that, that just depresses me. 
One I'm sure the, they've set up family and that sort of thing, but shit, oh god, you know, enjoy now, like enjoy now, like build build a life, um, so you enjoy now. So work, you know, sure, work on your work on your bucket, you know, work on your to do lists, you know, don't get me wrong, but also let's start let's start crossing off some of the things on your bucket list, and and this isn't just about here's the thing, this whole bucket list concept. And I've been doing this for ten years, and I've stayed in that I've stayed in that lane. And and I've always said, you know, a bucket list is a is a um, is not just about ticking a whole bunch of cool stuff off. It's really about how a person, how we reverse engineer every aspect of our lives in order to make this stuff come to fruition. It's really about the growth of of the person on this journey towards these self-imposed destinations. But more importantly, and this is what I want people to get excited about, it's really what it's really about is about the person that exists on the other side of the bucket list. That's the person we do not know yet. That is the person that I want all your listeners, all the watchers to get curiously freaking excited about because we do not know what our potential is. We have no idea what we are truly fucking capable of. And why why wait to find that out? I couldn't agree Why more. not push everything that you possibly can and be absolutely fucking obsessed about it? Why not? And the time you is wouldn't, now. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't give that a person of the other you sex, of course. You wouldn't, then, yeah. say, you wouldn't say this to your kids, would you? You'd be like, oh, yeah, play small and, and you'll be right. You'll be a good citizen. No, take every opportunity and blow it up. Yeah, and you've got to do it now. And the thing, one of the things that I saw, Trav, on my caravan trip, which was really you know, quite heart-wrenching, was the number of retired couples who had their brand new Range Rover, uh, uh, what is it, Land Rover, whatever it was, and their brand new caravan. You know, they've retired this is one of the things that was on their bucket list after they spent their whole lives working and they back mm. it in and they can, they're not actually strong enough to get off the back of the car. Oh, mate. You know, you know nothing, like, they nothing can't sadder than going to Machu Picchu and seeing everyone actually like not even, not even walk up to Machu Picchu. What's the point of retirement? Yeah. Why even have that gut? Why even have that event in life? I mean, just, just yeah, charge like, until like, it's over. Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. It's, it's like, I, I being a, again being the creator of my own rules here with my business, I've just never got it. I've never got it, and and I and I've done a lot of bucket listing with my dad. You know, there's a whole other story there. But dad and I, he was, you know, he at 65. Can I stop retired. you there, Trev? Let's let's yeah. unpack dad. Because because one one of the things we haven't come across uh, or had a discussion about yet on your life journey is your journey with adoption. And dad, and and so I'll, I'll let you finish that. But I've been sitting here uh, waiting to go with this question. Uh, you mentioned a family member. I'm like, boom, that's it. Launch, launch the gherkin. Uh, so, what, why don't you? That's an interesting saying. <laughs> why don't you? Uh, the, the gherkin is the distraction, mate. The comment, the the the. So let's. Uh, while we're having this conversation, mate, why not sort of share that that journey with us as well, and that journey of discovery. It's probably a reason why I why I'm an entrepreneur, why I do what I do, why I've got this mission. Because Dad was a you know my I'm adopted, yep, yeah, uh, 1973. Um, always knew I was adopted, and I you know adopted into a family um, uh, down here in Ocean Grove, and uh, so I had a great childhood. No big chip on my shoulder to find out you know my real parents or anything like that. You know, grew up surfing, su- swimming, surf, life saving, all that sort of good stuff, and. Um, 
and provided for. But, you know, mum and dad sacrificed. And dad, you know, in particular, he was a wharfie, you know, MUA, here to stay, the whole bit. And uh, the thing is, you know, I knew that for a lot of years he was not happy doing his job, although, you know, there's some good problem solving in there. But um, he worked on the tugboats and he worked on the big ships that came into the Geelong ports. Um, and, uh, and he, you know, he was just kind of angry for a lot of years. And I'm like, you know, in my... Uh, influence, in, in, you know, influential years. I was, I was, you know, probably unconscious in picking up that work, you know, work is not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, work, work, working hard. Maybe even there is an issue around working hard. But he sacrificed, and you know, um, I being being adopted and and being an entrepreneur my whole life you know him and i being he's like a you know a man's man he can fix anything you know we've renovated a house together since and you know he can fix anything me no dirt on those look at that <laughs> fresh so <laughs> i could have played to your strengths but at the end of the day i i, I bet oh, what's this that's a hammer son you know so that's that's where i'm at at the end of the day um the two of us didn't really get along growing up, if you know. We only spoke different languages. Um, until one day I found myself in a light aircraft. It was him, myself, and his two best mates. And we're on route to uh, a, a sandy airstrip in Malaluka in uh, southwest Tasmania. And it dropped us off. The website said pack eight to 15 days worth of food. Dropped us off, plane pissed off, and our quest was to walk back to a place called Cockle Creek, which is the southernmost town in Australia, um, along the the um, uh, the uh, great uh, the South Coast Track um, in Southwest Tassie. So we did that, and I won't go into the the real nuts and bolts of the of the thing, but we really did bond, and we're about 500 metres away from the finish, around, you know, walking on the boardwalks and. And I was behind Dad, and I said, Dad, mate, I've got something to tell you. I said, yep, not a man of emotion. Um, yep. I said, Dad, this is, you know, I was just sort of starting on this whole bucket list thing too. Um, this is, Dad, this has been on my bucket list to do this walk with you. has been on my bucket list for the last, you know, few years. I'm stoked that we've been able to do it. And what I thought was going to be a father-son movie moment, he just gone, Yep. Uh, cool and i'm like dad lean in for the hug yeah (laughs) got nothing and uh and then we finished we got the selfies we did the you know had lunch and that sort of thing and dad's gone oh trev what's mate what's a bucket list i said oh shit well it's all the stuff you want to do before you die and he turned to me and he had a tear in his eye and he said oh this is i'm glad you put on there because it's been fucking special still no hug Still waiting for the hug. That was his time and, to hug. Uh, yeah? And we're on the on the um, on the the bus back to Hobart. And he said, "What else is on this list of yours, Trav?" It's got me thinking. And I said, "Oh, I've got like three hundred things on it, Dad. Look, it, it's this, this is my new thing. I got out of personal training. I'm starting this this thing and and um, doing a lot of speaking and that sort of thing. And, it, and it's like." Right, right, okay. And I said, look, I'll get back to you. There's quite a few things on there might involve you. About six months later, I used to cycle with this uh, friend of mine who's a New Zealander, and they all think they're Sir Edmund Hillary, don't they? And uh, so he's a mountaineer. 
and uh, and he's got no toes on his left foot because he lost lost them and heli backed out of some mountain on you know in outback Pakistan or something. Anyway, um, Grant said, "Mate, I'm going to I'm going to um, going to Mount Everest. Uh, you know, you should come." Hey, easy champ, I'm a surfer, I don't climb mountains here. And uh no no no, what you can do, you join us, we're a full on we're a full on crew, we're going to you know, thirteen thirteen going to the top and uh what you can do is you come along on the expedition and you can peel off we go through Tibet on the northern side, not the Nepalese side. Go through Tibet, you can peel off at base camp or you can come up to advanced base camp, which is six thousand five hundred metres. Said, how much does it cost? How much does that cost, Grant? This is unreal. And he gave me the figure, and I went, I can't put that together. And he said, you'll find a way. You you know you will, because you want to go. You know. And I say here, well, and the why is strong enough for how it work itself out, and it did. And uh, Dad, yep. Well, mate, you know that bucket list we were talking about down in. T- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, mate, we're going to we're going to Mount Everest, we're going through Tibet. Trav, who the fuck's Tibet? Anyway, <laughs> look, it's part of China. It's like what didn't used to be part of China. doesn't matter. <laughs> but then he said something really poignant. He said, Trav, you realise I've never been out of Australia before? I said, exactly, mate. That's why we're going. So off we went. We did that. Bound Everest base camp, advanced base camp. He was fine. Altitude sickness. I was shit. Um, doesn't matter how fit you are, I was parked over the bowl every morning throwing up, altitude sickness. But since doing advanced base camp on Everest, uh, we went and did Kokoda. We finished the day before Anzac, uh, before the dawn service in Papua New Guinea, the Bamana War Cemetery. Absolutely amazing. I took, um, uh, 12 other bucket listers from my community over to do that, that item with me. Um, the morning of my 40th birthday was spent with Dad as well um, on Machu Picchu after doing the Inca Trail, you know, a few days beforehand. Um, and just recently, or not that recently, a few years ago now, we did Mount Kilimanjaro over in Africa and, and I had Dad do that with me. This time he suffered from the altitude sickness, actually nearly killed him. But this time I was fine. Um, game drive reserve in, in Kruger National Park with Mum and Dad. And it was just absolutely phenomenal. And so, you know, this whole bucket list thing, mate, it, you know, it's it's bonded my dad and I, and now we're best mates. Yeah, and, and working hard wouldn't have done that. You know what? And, and the reason why I tell all of that long-winded story is because we've had many a time to chat on the trail and he he just admitted, you know, he sacrificed. He should have taken opportunity. He should have spent more time with us whilst he had it. He had the flexibility, but just wasn't programmed to, to, to ask for it. You know, it wasn't programmed to, to then just venture off and travel. It was all about paying off the house, putting us through school, and, and maybe one day retiring, you know, with a big superannuation payout. And he regrets that, you know, and that, that's, that's what I've learned. And that's what I see in so many other people in their ability not to, you know, just to let go and, 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 you know, upset the apple cart, you know, unbelieve the story that you've led yourself to believe and do things differently. Maybe get out of that ecosystem that you find yourself in where you're trying to keep up with the Joneses or at least keeping up with the Joneses 
metaphorically doing what they do. Seek other examples of how this work and life blend is actually happening. So Trav, it obviously sounds like the concept is you know, very, very positive. I mean, I've, I've utilized that in my life and I've definitely seen positive impact from it. Uh, do you suggest just getting a pen and a bit of paper and just writing a list of stuff or would you, is there a particular framework you feel actually works better that would give a, give people a clearer how and maybe remove a little bit more resistance? So I love podcasting oh, with you, list. with you, Sean, you're there. You've got these deep insightful things and all I've got in the back of my mind was imagine if your last name was Jones, who would you keep up with? <laughs> really? The bells? Bell, I reckon, I reckon you'd set a pretty decent target. Yeah. I don't know why I thought that. Anyway, mate, yeah, this, that's good. There's a good combination we've got going that's here. Such I a philosophical, deep <laughs> Friday morning thing. Like, who do the Joneses actually keep up with? Oh, they're great. Sorry, Sean. Anyway, sorry, um, mate. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut to the um. Actually, here it is. To answer your question, oh look at this, plugging the book. Excellent. So this was no. This this I this is what I speak about. This this my bucket list blueprint. Right, it's a twelve letter acronym for how to create a personally meaningful and holistic bucket list. And I do this myself. This is, I do this with my kids. I do this with everyone that I come into contact with. I did the TED Talk on it. But I recommend that people buy the book, and I've written it in a way where they can actually use it as a workbook, as a guide to actually unpack everything that's 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 buried deep in them. Um, and it, it helps them really extract and articulate this personally meaningful and holistic list. And And so the first step is to actually write it down. Use this as a guide. Write it down. Get it out of your head and onto paper. Separate your daily to-do list from your bucket list. And and the process of actually writing it makes it more conscious. So you're actually type by writing it down, you're actually typing it into Google right now. And and funnily enough, you'll you'll see the world a little bit different. You're a little bit more actually a lot differently. Because you know Google search, you punch something into Google and that's what you'll get. You know, you mention something near your phone, you're going to get ads. <laughs> you know, you know how it works. But the fact is, we're not punching in anything right now. You know, we're not searching for so anything right now. So, so wonder why these things don't, you know, you put in Mount Everest, I can guarantee that, that in your circle of influence, you'll listen to more conversations about Mount Everest. You know, you, you'll, you'll look on you know, look online about it. You look at social media and, and now your filters are tuned in to focus more on that particular item. But the fact is that, no, you know, people aren't doing that. They're not even punching it into Google right now. So, but here's the trick. What's easy to do is easy not to do, right? Yep. That's why people Absolutely. don't do it because yep. I'll get around to that. And uh, what we put our attention on expands. And as you say, as you start to have it there you start to build you as you said these conversations or some synchronistically someone starts comes across your path and like hang on that, that could help me achieve that and that's that. the basis of nlp right you know we we decide we distort generalize we compartmentalize all of the all the bits of information that comes into our line of sight um and, and you know our attention we we start, we we, that we are in the attention arbitrage business now you know mm. we are what are we focusing attention on? Our, our attention on? Um, so where can we get know, are we serving our bucket list? Are we serving our to-do list? What, what are we doing? How do you do your bucket list in COVID, mate? I mean, how do you do Everest? How do you do? What's the what's the virtual bucket list look like? Well, the glad you asked because I, that's why I wrote this whole bucket list blueprint. 
um, it's an acronym, so it's M Y My Bucket List, right? So it's not all about travel, and this is the biggest misconception. This is why I wrote this thing. So it gives people things to to look forward to that don't require a lot of time, money, and and travel. Travel is only one of the twelve. So the My Bucket List acronym goes, you know, M meet a personal hero. Y your your proud achievements. B buy that special something. U, ultimate challenges. C, conquer a fear. K, kind acts for others. E, express yourself. T, take lessons. L, leave a legacy. I, idiotic stuff. S, satisfy curiosity. And T is the travel adventures. A lot of people think that bucket list is all about travel. And I've been on a lot of podcasts and shows and blah, blah, blah over, over COVID because, you know, it's not just about travel. There's a heap of other stuff. And people have been... After reading the book and everything, people have been sending me their bucket list and they're, oh, there's some super weird shit out there that people want to do. <laughs> but there's, there's some, there's some, oh my God. What people have done, I get sent, I get sent tagged in photos and videos and GoPro footage and all sorts of shit every single day. It's fascinating what people, and I just steal ideas. And, uh, and I thought I was pretty nuts, but you should see some. I assume it's all PG, mate, as well, to, right? No. <laughs> No, half oh, it's. <laughs> All right, that's, that's the, uh, no. the the well, after after ten pm question. podcast. Yeah. Where, where do we get the book? Where do we get the book, Trav? Oh, they just go to uh, thebucketlistguide.com forward slash book, and that's a that's an autograph autograph copy. I'll send it out. We'll make sure that we have the uh, link in the um, notes as well. Now, just one question. Um, if you were to go back, if you, of all the lessons that you've learned over your journey with your challenges, you know, putting tattooing on yourself, having these incredible life-changing experiences, becoming that person on the other side of those experiences, if you'd go back to yourself, you know, when you were in your teens perhaps or maybe when you were 18 and you started writing that list and had one piece of advice to give yourself, what would that be? Uh, look, um, it's always a good question. And I answer it differently every single time. Uh, but to be honest, I, I I would have I would have saved more money, and I would have got into the property market a hell of a lot earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so so I know that one. You're listening kids. Yeah, you're listening kids. I've got four. I don't kids think they can unwind ones. interest rates anymore. No, no, and probably when I was when I was that age, the interest rates would have been really really bad. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Um, look, I would have got into that because you know obviously you can leverage a lot of you know a lot of stuff through having some equity. And uh, I, I, I would have, uh, I would have allowed myself to get obsessed more. You know, I would have allowed myself to go even harder than I than I did. Um, and I would have tried a lot of a lot of different things, a lot more things, uh, to see what where my passions lie. Um, and I would have, and now we've got the advent of social media, what I would have done is identified one, two, maybe three people that are the role models who personified that thing that I want to do and just literally work for them for free, you know, just as an internship, you know, just to get around that, to understand their psychology, read everything that they've done, you know, do all their programs, pay to play if you have to, but at the end of the day, just get in their world, understand their psychology. Um, you know, I'll give you an example, and this is, again, the stuff that I'm saying right now is the stuff that I the say to my kids. I've got um, a 23-year-old, a 24-year-old, 23-year-old, 
and two 14-year-old boys that live with us. And um, giving this advice to the boys, you know, they're, they're smart, uh, you know, they're way smarter than me and they're 14 and um, they're obsessed with Elon, Elon Musk. I said, mate, you know, like we got, we got, we got him the book uh, for Christmas, went through the book in like no time. They subscribed to his channels. They, they know everything about a Tesla. We went for a Tesla test drive not, not too long ago. They understand how, uh, you know, even the, the coding language, they, they've learned coding. They're de- developing me an app at the moment and they're just obsessed. I'm like, so if you're, if you, if there's an opportunity to become an engineer with, with Tesla, would you take it up? Yep. You know, like it's just that, 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 that obsession. And I was never giving that, I was never given that kind of advice. Uh, it's awesome advice, mate. And it's great to see them embarking on that journey already. Uh, and it's one of the challenges when you're a parent and you've got this view on life and, and the benefit of this experience and, and you look back at your kids and you've got to appreciate that uh, they have to have their journey too. And, and I always find that a challenge with my kids. There's only so much you can, you can, you can tell them. But look, we're going to go, this podcast is going to go forever. Uh, and we might have to do a part two, boys. What do you think? Uh, in a couple of months or something. And we'll... We'll talk about uh, parent. We'll do the parenting podcast or something. Uh, but uh, Trav, mate, thanks so much uh, again for coming on the on the show. We've had two D and M's uh, now, and, it, and and they keep going. So uh, no, I'll, I'll like go. Therapy, mate. I'll go see if I can get my gun license and um, what we can do about <laughs> yeah, that. Let's look it up. <laughs> the yeah, shock and awe event. Yeah, I don't think the I don't think the PR would be real good around that. But well, it'd certainly get on the news. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Current affairs. <laughs> And that wraps up another episode of The Few. Thank you to our partners, Afterburner, for team building, development, and alignment. We understand now how important it is to have the right people around you. Get them on board with where you want to go. Momentum Media, the largest industry publisher in the country, connecting your business to the Australian community. ICMI, Australia's premier speaker bureau, representing the few that do fulfill their life's purpose. And finally, Sean's Inner Circle, the business coaching organization for small and medium enterprises looking to make that next step. Thanks again for listening in and downloading today. Please leave a review on whatever platform you are currently listening to this podcast and reach out to our partners who can help you make the transition to the few. Awesome, Trevor. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a great conversation and uh, there's plenty of lessons that uh, our listeners and viewers will be able to take away. So thank you again. My absolute pleasure, guys. Thanks heaps for having me on. Love to do a round two with you guys. This has been The Few Podcast with Boo and Sean. If you've got value from this episode and you would like to support us, please share it with your friends. If you're posting this on social media, use the hashtag The Few so we can see who's listening. The Few Podcast is recorded at Momentum Media in Sydney, Australia. To listen to more episodes, visit us at fewpodcast.com and make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Dream big, keep pushing, and one day you can be become one of the few. We'll see you next week.